I'm Mike Zapsik of I Sell Comics and Comic Book Men on AMC TV, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 180. Happy New Year, kids, 2016. I am your host, Jay, the Jedi Ross. It's wonderful to be back here with you again. I hope you all enjoyed the holiday season. We took a little break there for a couple of weeks just to get fat and have some fun with the family, eating chocolate and turkey, opening Lego. Oh my goodness, how many of you out there have become master Lego builders over the past two weeks? I could tell you I have. I've easily assembled over 2,000 pieces of Lego. It's been crazy, but fun. So, here we are to get kicking for the new year. We did something really cool. For the first time, we jumped in our balloon, we jumped into the hurricane, and we headed all the way over to the wonderful world of Oz. That's right. We went to the land of Australia. Well, not literally. We Skyped to Australia. But, you know, in our minds, palaces, we were in Australia. Australia, good times. I sat down to chat with yet another fine member of the Source Point Press family. That was Mr. Mike Speakman. Mike is the creator of a book called Carmen, and we hooked up to talk about it and Australia and comics and comics in Australia and all that awesome, cool, cool stuff. So we're going to get to that conversation, and that's going to be your entertainment for the evening. Just quickly, I want to mention, it was absolutely amazing how impressive and pleased and proud of all of you I am, the entire planet, the internet itself, actually didn't spoil Star Wars. Somehow humanity came together it it was amazing i really didn't think it was possible i thought it would be much more of a war but the light side clearly overtook the dark when it came to spoilers on the internet so congratulations to everyone out there all you star wars fans be proud of yourselves it was a really cool accomplishment that i didn't think was possible in this day and age but you accomplished it so there we go if you listen to last episode you heard all my thoughts uh, very varied thoughts an instant within an hour review having seen the movie i've had a lot of time to let it sink in uh still loved it uh still miss my prequels um and i still pretty much concur with most things that i said in that episode so if you want to go back to the last episode before christmas and check that out hope you enjoy my little rant about the star wars force awakensness that happened and pretty much overshadowed christmas which was incredible uh for a movie to overshadow an entire holiday is quite a thing more than anything, I am jacked for Episode 8. Whatever you people thought of Episode 7, a lot of people think it was a rehash of Ep 4, think it was just kind of a reboot, a lot of people loved it for just being the heart of what Star Wars was. Whatever it was, it got me more stoked than anything for Episode 8. I'm far more excited for Episode 8 than I was for Episode 7, to be honest, and it's kind of because now we know a little bit about what's coming. So I hope it explodes into a brand new uh, thing in a way. Maybe we got our old Star Wars and maybe it'll be a, kind of more of a mix of all Star Wars. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for. Either way, Jedi kids, lightsabers, Jedis, you know that that's what we're all about around here. So uh, the next big thing to be excited for, of course, Batman versus Superman in March. Holy shit. I can't wait till this fucking movie comes. So much talk around this movie as well. So many rumors that it's just ridiculous to consider anything considerable until we actually see this thing. So let's see this thing because it's going to be brilliant. So that's the first big thing, of course, we're looking forward to in 2016. Also, 
May will just be around the corner once we get through this horrific winter that we'll be living through. Uh, Motor City Comic Con just announced their first guests for this coming year's show. The dynamic duo themselves, that's right. Adam West, Burt Ward will be attending Motor City Comic Con. How exciting is that? You know that uh, I've been there the past two years, had one hell of a time. We get together with lots of good friends. I would highly recommend anyone, anyone, anywhere to be going to check out Motor City Comic Con. Easily one of the most fun, classiest, uh, heart-filled conventions out there you must go and if you do go make sure that you say hello to me because i'll be running around you know that uh yeah so here we go tonight something very special to kick the new year off we did something that i've never done before on an elegant weapon we took the skype path all the way to the land of oz that's right australia we went to australia kids why did we go to australia we went to Australia to talk to another fine member of the Source Point Press family, Mr. Mike Speakman. Mike is the creator of a book called Carmen. It's now available on Comixology. You should all go check it out. Really, really cool book. Really original art. Really badass story. You should all go check that out. Uh, me and Mike are going to talk about it. So you should sit there and listen to us talking about it and enjoy. Uh, we wrap on a bit about Australia and the Australian comic scene and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mike is a really rad guy. Had a really fun conversation. So I hope you have as much fun as usual listening to it as I did having it. Uh, a couple things coming up soon that are going to be a lot of fun. Not going to spoil it for you, but uh, this year is starting out with a bang. Also, one more thing before we get into it. Please remember that we are part of the Points of Interest Podcast Network, and we are proud to be such. A uh, whole new look over at POI. Go to pointsofinterestpodcast.com. A whole new look, whole new feel, and two brand new shows. Uh, almost made it all the way through with no garbles, but there was your intro garble. We have two brand new shows who have joined the network. That's right. Alcohol Cinema and the Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. That's right. Both these awesome shows have joined the lineup. Very, very happy to have them in the family. Welcome to all of you. AlcoholCinema.com, Ninja Star Pod. It's all good. Uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to kick ass all the way through 2016, and we're going to start it right now, right here, like this, with Mike. Mike Speakman of Carmen, Source Point Press. Do it. Believe it. Live it. Feel it. Pod it. Make a pod. Right on. We get the same thing here, man. Just like 99% of the television we watch is American TV, especially literally being right up on top of them. Like the American influence here is just, it's huge. You know what I mean? It's, you almost can't tell. But, you know, there's also something most Australians I've met, uh, I met most Australians at one time when I was actually back in Scotland a couple of years back. And there was this, uh, I was staying at a hostel uh, in Edinburgh. And for some reason, all the kids that worked there were Australian. And there was an Australian pub, like, in the middle of the square there. So I was hanging out there a lot. And I was like, so what's the deal? Like, why are there so many Australians here in the middle of Scotland? And they were telling me it's like some kind of, not rite of passage, but it's it's just something that Australians do, like in between school or summers and stuff. Is, is this something you've ever heard of? Yeah, definitely. Like, I've got a lot of, um, like, uh, tattooists and stuff like that that I'm friends with that, like, go into, like, Vancouver and tattoo, um, like, in Canada. Um, more so, I, I see that uh, a lot of my friends go to Canada over, like, Europe and stuff like that. Like, uh, a couple of them, like, work at, like, ski lodges and stuff like that, shoveling snow and stuff like that, and, you know, get by by, I guess, working for their rent, and they stay at the lodge. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, lots of deals like that. So that's, yeah, it's pretty common. I I, I want to do it one day, but uh, I don't know. I think I should check out if I can deal with the cold first. Both times I've been to America, it's been pretty warm. I've gone uh, summer, like I did May and June, and that was in, like, Kansas and Florida. And I did just before uh, before winter, but it was in 
California, so it was still warm. Oh, you've been over a couple times then. Yeah, so, oh, and that's... I plan to come back next year as well. So. Very cool. Yeah, you definitely have to pop up north and uh, check it out, man. It's There's some weird thing, like, because Australians and Canadians, we're both, like, bastard cousins of the old UK, but you guys are in this extreme warmth, and we're in this extreme cold. You think there'd be, like, huge differences, but when Australians and Canadians meet, it's, like, the same ideals, the same... I guess the countries are set up a lot the same too, like our parliamentary systems and everything, like all that kind of stuff and our laws, they tend to be very similar, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of cool that we have this weird, I don't know, connection through, you know, old times. (laughs) Through the Commonwealth. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's definitely it. I mean, I love talking to Canadians or at least like typing to them because I don't have to like deliberately leave the U out of letters, like, out of words, <laughs> um, and I can put S's instead of Z's, Yeah. so yeah. I'm just like, I like that, but... Oh, I do that so. all the time. Just yesterday, a buddy of mine, he uh, he sent me a message, like, if I did this thing, you think maybe you could color it for me, and I said, well, first of all, spell color correctly, you know, because they never do, and then I was like, just send it to me. But uh, yeah, it's fun to bust their balls because, I mean, we take it a lot, you know. Canadians, being right up north here, we take a lot. Like, it's all in fun, but we take a lot of shit from our American friends, you know. <laughs> Everything I learned about Canada, I learned from South Park. So, you know, like, you can blame America <laughs> on that. So. <laughs> Uh, so I'm curious, what's the comic scene like in Australia as far as like, I'm sure like the rest of the world, you know, geek culture is huge and popular right now, but like, as far as like shops and like an indie scene, what's going on over there? Um, I don't know. Like, I think, uh, it, it's kind of, it's very niche as far as like comic scene goes, especially, uh, uh, the creators that do stuff as well. Um, so if we were to say like America is like the pond or like the the ocean of comics, we're a puddle. Um, so I don't know. Like a lot of the creators here know each other, um, and things, and it makes for a good thing and it makes for a bad thing. There's a lot of politics that happen, and when that sort of thing happens, like you know they go so and so did this or so and so did that. Um, it's done like right under our noses and everyone hears about it. Um, so I like to be like completely honest, I'm doing my best like as of like 2016 to stay away from like the politics of Australian comics. Like I want to focus on getting things like out there. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy, man. I almost, I didn't really expect to hear like, <laughs> Oh yeah, it's skeevy and it's <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's like nice a dark world of Australian comic books. <laughs> yeah, um, because every now and then, like, we'll get someone that like sort of, I guess, like, makes it big. Like, there's a couple Australians doing like some good things in, you know, comics at the moment. Like Tom Taylor's doing Wolverine and Injustice and stuff like that, and then uh, Tristan Jones is doing like uh, his. I think as of April next year, doing an alien comic with Brian Wood. Um, and as soon as, like, things like that happen or, like, someone else, like, gets a chance of doing something, like, there's so many people, like, up there to maybe try bring, like, that person down. But at the same time, there's all these people, like, yeah, awesome, like, we'll deliberately buy those books. But there's always someone here that's like, oh, I could do it better. <laughs> so right. I guess well it's it sounds pretty competitive then yeah like we're kind of lucky here being in the Toronto area that I'm in in southern Ontario like we have a ridiculous amount of comic book artists who live in the southern part of the province here but also I think over the years just being on top of New York it was always very easy for Canadians and Torontonians to kind of pop down there and you know try to try to make it because it wasn't so bad if you didn't make it you just hop back over the border it's not like you know you had to like fly a day home to Australia. So I could see it being competitive because it's not as easy to just kind of get access to getting your stuff out there, I guess. Like, is there like a smaller like Melbourne scene or is it kind of a basically Australia contained thing? 
Uh, there's there's a Melbourne scene like we do like monthly uh, meetups uh, just at a bar like we start during the day and we act professional until about six thirty at night and then it starts you know the beers come out the shots come out um, <laughs> but no like so there's a Melbourne scene um, and it's pretty big like I'm I don't want to like step on toes here but I'm pretty sure like Melbourne ha- is where it is like where it's at for comics in Australia. Um, like we have a store called All Star Comics and, uh, last year or the year before they won the Eisner Award for like the retailer, like best retailer in the world. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I think they, I think they shared it with, um, with a store from like North Carolina or something. But yeah, so like it was a pretty big thing, like to see, you know, a shop from Melbourne. You know, win win an Eisner, so yeah, that's that's something to be proud of for sure. You know, and that can, that can do nothing but inspire the community around it. I'm sure, you know. So that's super cool. So, what leads to you then reaching outside of your continent to get hooked up with Source Point Press? Oh, see that that's a long story. I mean, I think it, like it starts off with. Uh, I started getting to know Josh, just talk to him, watching his stuff going on, uh, buying the Was material. Was this Twitter or like? Uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, a bit of Facebook. Okay. And just, I guess, watching the things that he was putting out there, like the material he was doing. And just through that, you know, like he was doing like spiels for Source Point. Uh, so I started like looking at what they were doing. And it's when I realized like, these guys are based out of Michigan and seeing the Michigan scene, like that's the Michigan scene alone seems bigger than the Australian scene altogether. <laughs> um, so I saw that um, and I lapped up the books. Like I bought them. I did all that sort of thing, supported the Kickstarters. And uh, I always joked around with him. I was like, look, I'm going to put a book out on source point stuff like that and yeah he's like yeah do it do it do it and it got to a point where I was just like I need I felt like I had sold as much as I could in Australia for like the first issue you know it sold well I went into second printing and at least in Australia you know like uh being a smaller scene you know I'd sold you know x amount you know copies sure yeah 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 and I just said, look, like, how can we make this happen? Uh, I'd like to bring Carmen over. Like, are you interested? And he, he didn't reply to me for a while. And I saw, like, and because I messaged him on Facebook, like, and I saw that he had seen it. Um, and probably like two, three hours had passed. And I'm like, all right, like, this, this dude's not interested. You know, uh, you know, like, thanks. Like, and I'm thinking, dude, like, you know, he, he could have at least replied and said, uh, we're not looking for anything. Um, and yeah, so like three hours pass and I get a reply back. And this thing's like a novel. He's written the next game of Thrones, uh, stating, you know, like, yeah, like, we could be interested. This is the sort of stuff that, uh, we, we'd like to see, you know, like, as, like, you know, you've got to pitch it to us and include these sort of things. This is the sort of stuff that we're looking at doing in 2016. And he, yeah, just all that sort of stuff. And so I sent in, you know, a pitch with everything that I could, uh, tried to butter them up as much as I could as well. <laughs> and then I did not hear anything for probably, uh, I don't know, like I say, like two, three months. Like I, I didn't hear a peep about it. And I was like, well, you know, at least I gave it a shot. Cool. Um, and I get a, uh, an email from Travis and he was just like, we're all meeting in Michigan this weekend at a comic convention and we're going to talk about Carmen and, you know, see where we're at. Like if this is something that we should bring on board. And I said, yep. Okay, cool. And I was pretty nervous and I didn't know when I'd hear back from him. And like, so that was like a weekend. And then probably midweek the next week, uh, like, cause I didn't want to push on it. I contacted him. Uh, he contacted me and he was just like, look, we, we want to bring Carmen to Source Point. 
uh, yada, yada, yada. He was asking questions. I was asking questions just to sort of go like, he was like, this is what we can offer. Is that okay? Uh, and this is what we need from you. Is that okay? We pretty much like, you know, put all the details out on the table. Just hashed it out right there. Yeah. Like, and it was just like over like a series of like Facebook messages. Like it probably, like we probably <laughs> spoke for like two hours and there probably would have been like 500 messages in there. Like just knocking all this out. Um, and then, yeah, like, so we, by the end of it, like, we sort of realized, like, yes, it would work, like, and, and, like, mutually beneficial, uh, and then he was just like, all right, well, give me some time, I'll, you know, do up the contract, we'll get that out to you. Uh, It's, uh, it, 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 it fits perfectly. Like I think Car- Carmen is so in the wheelhouse of what SourcePoint Press is doing these days that uh you know I'm surprised those fellows took so long to get off their asses over there but anyways um <laughs> I can't I-, I love those guys Travis McIntyre I could pretty much he could get credit on this podcast as a as like a booking agent cuz uh he sent so much so much good pod my way but uh everybody working for Source SourcePoint is it's all good people. The Michigan scene is amazing, as we all know. But uh, after reading Carmen, man, I was like, oh, this is totally source point material. This just this fits like a glove to what they got going on over there, you know? And I take that as a compliment. Like, thank you for that. Like, um, yeah, they're on the ball with that. They're, they're doing good stuff. I'm excited to see the stuff that they're doing for 2016. Those projects look amazing. So it's actually a bit scary to see it coming out at the time that, you know, like you got Nora from Casey Pierce and, you know, you got Monstrous and all these sort of things coming out. And I'm just like, and Carmen's going to slot in there somewhere. So it, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. I don't think you have anything to worry about, man. It's a, it's a great book. It's a really cool story. It's, it's cerebral yet, you know, fearless as far as, the style you're going for and that's kind of what i mean by what source points doing these days which is great they're not afraid to be like look this is what we like this is what we want to write and this is what we're going to do they're not trying to cater to anybody and out of not doing that they've ended up catering to this you know certain core group of people that you know just love this stuff and you know yeah carmen fits right in there you know so it's 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 cool, man. I'm happy for you. I'm glad that all turned into a nice arrangement. I mean, I'm telling you, man, social media has led to some of the most beautiful artistic, you know, unions I've ever seen. It's an amazing thing. And some of the most, like, entertaining, dramatic things you've ever seen either, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. definitely. Indeed. So as far as Carmen itself, uh, take me back to the beginning. Where does this idea come from? So I guess it... It goes back, oh, I'll say like 2010, 2011, uh, and it was actually written as a short story. Um, I got a lot of like inspiration from like writers that like to sort of like blend characters in sort of like along the way, but not just throw them together. Um, so like Dean Kuntz does a lot of that. Um, and at the same time, like I sort of wanted to make like each issue read almost like a television episode. Um, so, yeah, it was a short you know, story. It's funny. Sorry, it's funny you say that because as I was reading it, I was like, oh, this could be translated to film no problem, like with ease, you know? Yeah, like that's kind of like how it was going. So originally, like I guess you'd say like each issue was like a chapter that I was doing, like and I was planning, like it was probably a – like, going to come out and be around, you know, like, the 10,000-plus word mark sort of thing. Um, and then fast forward to 2013. Uh, I really got into comics because where I was working at the time, I was working for the government, and we were right near a comic book store, uh, which happened to be All-Star Comics before they moved their store, and I just went for a walk one day uh, on my lunch break, walked in there, they were friendly, 
I picked up a bunch of comics just because I could. Um, it was a lot of Green Lantern too. You know, I'm a big Jeff Johns fan. Nice. Um, and then just, yeah, like it became an obsession prior to 2013. I didn't really read comics. Like, uh, so as I was writing it, I pretty much like turned around. I was just like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to write this story anymore. I want to do a comic. Um, so, so you stuck with the idea though and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked it. Yeah. 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 And you'd never, you'd never been into comics before that at all. eh? Yeah. Not really. I mean, but the writing had started, you'd already gotten kind of into creative writing and stories and stuff. Yeah. I've always been doing that. Um, I've always been big into English and reading and things like that. Um, right on. And I guess, you know, like, the art side of it, like, I'd always been into art. Uh, I can't draw for shit or anything like that. Just, like, <laughs> art itself. Like, I, I can appreciate it. Um, for sure. So, I guess, yeah, like, they marketed to me. They were like, look, a comic book is, like, a picture book for adults with more words. <laughs> um, and reading... Watchmen, yeah, like it's got it's got more words than a picture book. Yeah, um, a few, eh? <laughs> so yeah, so it just it took some time to do that, but yeah, so that's how it started. Pretty much, it was just an obsession straight away was to do it as a comic. That's awesome, man. So, what's your next step as far as putting a team together? Because you you did have a team on this uh, endeavor. Yeah, so, like, before that, I, like, before I put the team together, like, I sort of had to, like, plan out on roughly how I'd do it and what style that, like, I wanted to go for. Um, by then, like, I knew what artist styles, like, that I liked. Like, I'm a big Ben Templesmith fan. Like, I own all of his shit. Um, and it's just an added bonus that he's Australian as well. Um, <laughs> So once I got that, uh, yeah, I made contacts with people like just through social media and stuff like that. I had a friend that I went to school with, like come on board. He just put his hand up. He goes, Oh, like let me have a shot. So I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So he co-wrote, uh, issues zero and one, uh, with me. And from there, like once we had the script together, uh, we, we put it into the hands of some artists and like, Hey, like, are you interested in doing this? Um, how uh, old are you? Uh, I'm 25. So. Oh, you're, you're still a pop. This is cool then. So you got started early enough. That's awesome. Yeah. I got, yeah, I haven't hit that sort of jaded level yet. You know, I still, <laughs> I table at a con and it's Christmas for me. Like I could not give a <laughs> shit if no one bought a comic. I'm just like, you can talk to me. Here's some lollies on my table. That sounds really creepy. Nice. but You're like, still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh, no, I no, I totally get you. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's it. And even in the Australian scene, like, I'm pretty much, at least in Melbourne, like, I'd be one of the youngest creators, like, doing comics. So um, That's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah, so look, we got the team together just by meeting them at, like, conventions and at the meetups. Like, I just started networking and trying, like, go to comic book launches here and just try and, like, learn as much as possible. So uh, you just hit the ground running, man. You just foot-soldiered it through and started learning what you could, man. That's a smart way to go about it, you know? Yeah, I mean... It's not like, going to come to you. you got to make it happen, you know? No point doing anything half-assed, right? So There you go, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's how that happened, was I just, I, I found a team, uh, and stuff like that, went on to the next issue, and so far to date, I have not had the same artist doing, like, the, do the next issue. Uh-huh. Well, that was something, yeah, that was something I was going to bring up, so, like, like, I've read one and two, and there's also a zero, yes? Yeah, so that was included in the first edition print copy of issue one. Um, it will be included in the trade through SourcePoint, like as an added bonus, because a lot of people haven't got to read it. So that's just a four-page like prologue. Okay, okay. So it's just like it's like a nice little teaser. 
Did you kickstart? I saw that you kickstarted number two successfully, yes? Yes, yeah. Now, did you do that for number one as well, or? No, that was straight out of my pocket, 100%. All of that was out of my pocket. Right on. And, uh, yeah, so I noticed that two, in fact, was a full successful fundage, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was a surprise. That must have felt good and inspiring, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely scary because Australia could always pledge on Kickstarter, but it was only, uh, late, uh, yeah, late 2013 that Australians could actually put, uh, projects on. Dude, us too. That was the same thing yeah. for us. We, we couldn't start doing it till then either. It was kind of like, what the hell? So back, like, I mean, there's still a lot of people that are, like, on, like, the Possible and, like, the Indiegogo sort of, like, boat. I'm like, no, you're going to get over to Kickstarter. But, yeah, so it was very scary and it was successful. And the Source Point guys, like, helped out with that a, a lot too. They They shared, like, the pages and the campaigns and Josh was really helpful in, like, giving advice as well. So... You know, I just like fell more in love with these guys, even in that point. So uh, it's these guys are the epitome of team. I tell you, it's 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 a crazy thing. It's I see. I've been to Motor City Comic Con there in Michigan for two years now, and the way I got hooked up with those Michigan folks was uh, another podcast called Drunk on Comics. Everybody should check out drunkoncomics.com. Definitely do that. But I met those fellas, and they started their podcast just after I'd started this one. And we just started talking online, on Twitter, as folks do. And we hooked up, we did a cross-pod, and made friends, and eventually they invited me down for Motor City. So I went down as press for the first year, two years ago, and I don't know what was going on. But I just walked into this room of, as cheesy as it sounds, I like walked into this room of love. And it was just this big fucking fan fest where everybody loved each other <laughs> and couldn't stop talking about each other and putting each other over. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? This, is, this isn't this is a shark tank. This doesn't make sense, you know? And it is. Everybody wants to see each other do well there. They want to see the scene as a whole succeed. And uh, it's so, you know, it's so straight from the heart that it's working and it's great and uh you know for them to open up and you know be willing to bring in fucking australians or canadians or whatever the fuck it's it's a beautiful place michigan so you've definitely scored yourself a foot in the right door there you know and slim shady's from there as well so you know (laughs) totally i got a little lost and when i was driving there and i drove past the eight mile and i was like oh no and i started running out of gas on my way home from michigan i didn't know where the fuck i was going and I pulled over, just took the closest exit I could off the highway, and all of a sudden I am smack dab downtown Detroit and terrified. It's The place is empty. It's just like abandoned like construction sites all over the place, and I was horrified. And I'm yeah. like, this, this here's this little guy from fucking Ontario, Canada with my Ontario plates on my car. I'm like, I'm going to die. So I'm driving around and I'm I gotta find gas and I find a gas station, but it's just horrible looking. It's on a street with nothing but boarded up houses and abandoned lots. And I was like, this is like you see on TV. I'm so scared. So I pulled into the gas station and I'm kind of a little fucking weary to even get out of my car. You know, I'm just being fucking ignorant. And uh, I see a Marine pull up and get out and start filling up his Jeep. And I was just like, all right, perfect time. Nobody's going to rob this place with the Marines standing there. So I hopped out and I forgot that in America, I don't know how you guys do it, but in America, they have to pay first before they can pump their gas. No, we don't. We don't. Yeah, we don't either. You can just pump up, fill up your car and then go in and pay for it. But in the States, no, that's not the deal. So you got to go in. It's like this big bulletproof shield of like three inch like plastic glass, you know, and you can barely like see the guy through the slot. Paid for my gas and got the hell out of there. But uh, I don't know what led me into that store. Oh, yeah, eight mile. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's serious. Like I hear things are getting better in certain areas, but, you know, Detroit is it's a scary thing what happened there. But then you go 20 minutes outside of the city and you're in beautiful Novi or Grand Rapids, or 
some of the most gorgeous places I've been to around, you know, it's, it, it's crazy, but, uh, yeah, something special happening in Michigan. So you got to get down there, man. You have to get yourself over to motor city. I think I'll have to, I mean, like I, my whole plan was I'll just bring like a hunting knife with me. And then it just gets me thinking, I'm like, what the fuck's a hunting knife going to do with a gun? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I'll just get a Kevlar vest or something and I'll just go over there and, uh, I won't wear any like gang colors or anything. So. No, no, don't try. If you go, you'll be in a safe part of town if you're coming for the Comic Con. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> they are so safe, they even have Tim Hortons there. I don't know if you know what that means. Uh, we don't have any of that. No, it's we've been slowly. That's our big coffee joint here. That's the the lifeblood of Canada, basically. Is Tim Hortons coffee? It's uh, it's one of the huge stereotypes about us. That's true. Is we love our Tim Hortons. And they've slowly started moving into the states over the past few years. Uh, that's how we're gonna get them. That's how we're gonna we're gonna take this whole continent back slowly through coffee. Well, look, it's as good as way as any, and you know, like <laughs> you can definitely buy love with coffee. Um, I'm going back to a line of thought I had there earlier when you mentioned uh, you've had the different artists. So this has been an intentional thing because I was gonna say. Uh, it's quite a jump in style from issue one to issue two, yet both styles really fit the story. So was that a conscious effort? Uh, no, like not at all. Um, so issue zero was done before anything. And the original plan for that uh, was I was actually looking at releasing that on free comic book day. Uh, okay. Like doing like a little thing, handing it out myself, you know, all that sort of thing, like just around Melbourne. And I was going to do, like, free digital downloads and stuff like that. Um, but this also comes into the reason why that artist didn't stay on, like, on board. Uh, and I don't like to badmouth people, but uh, for four pages, uh, it shouldn't take nine months to get them into my hands. Ah, so, no. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's no, that's not shit talking. That's just uh, that's stating a, a, a little bit of misetiquette there on their part. I mean, kids, you got to get your work in there. I mean, so many artists, deservedly so, are often saying, "Pay me for my work," and you know, don't ask me to do stuff for free, and it can be a problem. But if the fucking person does pay you, you better fucking do your job, you know? Cause yeah, that's your job. You're claiming to be a professional artist. Be professional about it for sure. Yeah, so, and that was, like, that was a lot of chasing. I mean, like, he was coming up with excuses from, like, his father was sick, which, you know, like, I can understand that. And I was like, okay, cool. So, like, my water pipes froze, and I'm like, it's summer in America at this point. Like, I don't believe that. Um, and then just, uh, I'm busy at a con. And when, right. like, when that's an excuse, like, I'm busy at a con, like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, You've got yeah, deadlines too. Um, yeah, deadlines are should be your your most important thing. But suffice to say, you move on to a new artist. Yeah, so this time I stick with an Australian, and <laughs> yeah, uh, someone that's known for putting out work at you know like a rapid pace and everything like that. Um, yeah. And so for issue yeah issue one like had another Australian. Uh, so issue. Zero had an American, issue one had an Australian, and the whole deal with that was, I don't know, like, he just had, like, a fair few, like, you know, projects under his belt, like, that he was doing on a regular basis, um, and things like that, and I don't know, like, I was a bit concerned that maybe his work would sort of, like, oversaturate Melbourne. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, right, I'm like, right, all right, right yeah. like, you know, he's a guy that does such good work, and you know like and like bangs it out quick and has so much stuff going and i guess i didn't really want to be like i didn't really want to see like the issue like fall down like between the gaps like unnoticed right right i got you um so with the guy to do issue two maddie taylor uh again another australian and he colored the first issue as well um, and did the cover and like he, he, he did the cover art and stuff. 
Uh, he's a big Ben Temple Smith fan as well, and he does okay. really like interesting artwork, as you see in issue two. Like it's very much his style, um, and you know he he works with it. He makes it his own. Oh, it's really cool. Totally original stuff. Like that's how it's like like issue one and issue two. That's why I said like they are so different, yet they both have this. Uh, particular style like you wouldn't confuse one style for the other but they both fit your story incredibly well you know so that, that was really cool the way that worked out that's it i mean you've got matt kaim who did uh issue one and he's like a huge like sort of like he comes across like a huge silver age comics kind of fan you know fantastic four you know all that sort of stuff like jack kirby and stuff like that so he's got like very like pulpy sort of lines and everything like that um and then you've got Maddie Taylor for issue two who, you know, takes inspiration from like the different guys and like he, you know, like Temple Smith and does different art and, you know, like adores people like Clive Barker. So you, yeah, you definitely have like a real difference in the media, like medium, uh, between the two. Who, who did the colors on issue two? Maddie did those as well, so he uh, like did all of it. He did all of the. Art. Is it like digital or uh, what is it like? No, like a lot of that, it, it's all. I mean, he cleans it up a little bit digitally, but no, like all of it's like watercolored. So he is it watercolor? I was gonna yeah. ask because it's 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 really neat, man. Like the colors are just fantastic, like. Because I love the way it's not your typical paneling, right? It's yeah. uh, he he kind of he he does the panels the way he wants them. Like if you can even call them panels, they're all, they're 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 panels, but they're like they're framed in interesting ways, and there's kind of a, a regular background to the entire page, even though you may have these kind of windows that he's drawn in there. It's it's really cool stuff, man. Yeah, that was I I asked him like, there's some panelings that like like a part of the picture and stuff like that uh at the time that i was writing that issue there was two things that i was reading a lot of uh, a lot of alan moore like watchmen so like there's a few nine panels and stuff like that which he hated me for um right. <laughs> and then like to like do you know like make the interesting paneling and stuff like that i was reading a lot of spawn like early spawn okay all right yeah, so like yeah, they, yeah. they did a lot of clever things in spawn which i will forever try and do in issues like for everything that i do like they're there i've never seen cl like as such clever like clever layouts as sport has done even in the early 90s right so i yeah i love the clever use of color here in the way where you got certain pages where uh like one character will be you know nice bright pastels and this and that just surrounded by not just the background, but the other characters themselves are just like washed in shadow and darker watercolors. Like it's really, really neat to look at stuff, you know? Yeah, it was definitely as I was seeing the artwork for it, everything like that. It was definitely a surprise. And we did a convention uh, with each other uh, earlier this year, and I got to see like the actual original pages. And oh, I bet you they're beautiful. They're right? absolutely beautiful. And, you know, like, it's on, like, thick board, like, because it needs to be for, like, the paper that it's on. Um, and it's all colored and, like, A3 size. Like, it was beautiful. So. How, uh, how long did it take him? Um, for that issue, uh, try to think. Uh, probably, uh, two months. To do that? What? Yeah. You did all this in two months. Yeah. You're kidding we me. We pretty much that... we started just before, um, just before the Kickstarter. Uh, he started doing the art, and then yeah, all of the art was done. That would have been I'll say something like mid February, and yeah, the art I saw the original pages for all of the pages in April, like early April. So yeah, like two months. That is really, really cool. And that's, uh, kids, I'm going to say it one more time. Maddie Taylor. Do you know if there's anywhere that people can check out? Like, does, does he have like a 
page of his own or anything like that? Yeah, so he's got a Facebook page. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just uh, Art of Matty T. Um, you'll see it. You you won't miss it. If you see, like, the artwork that he's got on there, like, if it's messed up, it's It's, it's, yeah, it's unmistakable yeah. for sure. I'll find the link and I'll put it up on the website, kids, but uh, you guys definitely have to check this shit out because it's really, really, really fun to look at, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's cool. And so, and you said the, uh, the artist on number one, who is Matt Kime, is it Kime? Am I yep. pronouncing that right? Matt Kime. And, uh, he's an Australian as well. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, same thing, man. His, his stuff pops, you know, it's, uh, works out nice. Did he do the colors himself as well? Oh, no. Like, Matty Taylor did the colors for... He did the digital colors for issue one. Ah, so that's why there is kind of... Okay, I can see that now. Okay, that's a neat idea. Yeah. So there, there is a bit of... Uh, that's why it kind of feels familiar. Yet when he took over the pencils and stuff, there's brings a lot different feel to it. A, quite a textured feel, you know? Yeah, he did a lot of... like. I'm pretty sure all of the coloring in issue one was done like completely digitally whereas issue two uh because we had more time to work on it as well uh yeah he did it all by hand traditionally that is super cool stuff so what's next on the plate is three in the works three is in the works uh travis has the script uh just waiting on edits for that uh we look to have a uh artist uh they're penciled in they're just waiting for the contract so i guess once the contract is signed we can announce who that is but uh i don't know i've done like a a dirty thing and i've gone back to an american artist so we'll see how that goes (laughs) Um, (laughs) well i'm sure you've had a little better guidance this time around uh you know with with travis and everything i'm sure they you know pointed you in the right direction maybe to somebody who might be a little you know trustworthy yeah yeah definitely (laughs) um and the person's work um is amazing uh i'm really excited to see the stuff that he can do he actually sent me a uh, rough pencil sketch of the cover because the new artist is taking over the cover as well um oh neat so it's gonna be i i think it works good because it's gonna be sort of like the first issue that comes out like exclusively through source point um, whereas the other right. ones were all yeah. self-published, so um, I think it makes it good. That's exciting, man! It's exciting. It's it definitely is. Can't... I can't wait for 2016, man. Like you said earlier, uh, you know the stuff they've got on their plate with uh, Nora. Nora's Nora. I'm really looking forward to Nora. I love Casey. I love her her writing. It's it's very raw and fearless, you know. It's uh, I don't know if you've read Pieces of Madness at all. Not yet, not but, yet. Uh, it's on it's on uh, my list. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, super cool works that she does. But combining her with the fine artistry of Mister Sean Seal, like forget about it. Like, <laughs> and now you know why I don't want to release Carmen. You know, like around the same time, I'm like, you know what, like. Yeah, like we we've got Casey and Sean doing like A grade <laughs> stuff, and I'm like Luke Perry trying to be an actor again. Dude, <laughs> come on! <laughs> You're not giving yourself enough credit at all, man. Carmen is a fine, fine comic book, and it it easily stands amongst itself amongst the rest of Source Point's work. And man, I like it when they pull that shit. They just come out with a wave of just madness for an awesome year i'm so looking forward to 2016 man uh i i know so many people you know and a lot of things around here in the toronto area i mean the toronto area is just blowing up like you know with the indie scene it's finally gotten to a point like we've always had big artists here i mean dave finch dave ross jason Fabok, you know all these guys ken lashley ty templeton all these guys live within 45 minutes of me you know like it's it's just a rich, rich environment. We've got some sort of Comic-Con going on every weekend. It's a very artsy city, Toronto, uh, as far as education and just culture. 
you know, we're just spoiled to death around here. So it hurts me sometimes when I hear down in the States, I know some people have got to drive an hour and a half just to find a comic shop. It's like, oh, man. So, you know, when you get areas like Michigan and companies like SourcePoint and just, you know, just banging it out, just, you know, not doing it for any other reason than to just make as many awesome comics as they fucking can. It's a beautiful thing, you know. And 2016 is definitely going to be the year for them. And no one's more deserving than those guys. I mean, it feels like a family there. So, like, I want to bring my best work to the table so that I can, I guess, like, best represent them as well. Um, and I don't know, like, there's extra weight there being, like, the first, like, international, like, series on, like, on their roster is pretty daunting. That's an exciting thing, man, though. That's a very exciting thing. I think, I, okay, I may be in error saying this because I get very high and I forget things, but I think you're my first Australian. As far as the show goes, I think, I mean, this is going to be episode 180, so I do forget a lot of things, but I'm pretty sure you're my first Australian guest on this show. And you know what? Like, and... who's better than me? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's cool for me because, I mean, I've talked to a lot in England and Ireland and places around and, uh, you know, because uh, this show is actually a member of the Points of Interest podcast network. We've got some crazy shit coming for 2016. New look, new ev- new shows, new everything, people. We'll talk about that later. But uh, maybe I should just talk about that because I forgot what I was just talking about. Spiel. See, that's how Spiel. easily it happens. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, but it's very international, Our our podcast network. Which is cool. We've got people in Canada, people in the UK, people in Ireland, people in America, and you know it's rad. And as as an Australian, I'm sure you can identify with me as a Canadian saying how we often get a chance to have a, a much more worldly perspective of things. Uh, you know, we don't tend to be so drowned out with nothing but American news. You know, we have a our news is a little more, you know, worldly and global kind of than what the states get pumped into themselves unfortunately you know so seeing them themselves start to find work and people and beautiful art from outside of america you know the more the merrier so i think i bet you those guys knowing those guys the little bit that i do i bet you they're busting i bet you they're really really stoked about this and uh and also carmen being a really fucking cool book i bet you they're i bet you this is uh this is an exciting thing for those fellas so you know yeah, like, that's it. I mean, the thing was, yeah, they showed, like, a genuine interest. And, you know, and the other people at SourcePoint, you know, like, you got, like, Casey and all those guys. And, you know, they were so quick to, like, congratulate and, you know, like, say, like, welcome to the team and stuff like that. Um, To the point where, you know, I don't think that I would want to release this anywhere but through them. So, yeah, definitely exciting times. Yeah, very, very cool for you, man. Uh, I'm stoked to hear about it because uh, SourcePoint right now, fuck, man, they're kind of the place to be, and uh, they're just sticking to what they want to do. I, I'm not surprised at all once Travis read Carmen that they were like, yeah, okay, I think we have a place for this. I'm really not. Like, It's the kind of book I would have thought that would have come out of one of their, you know, because, I mean, basically, SourcePoint is a group of, like, five or six people who just take turns working with each other yeah. in beautiful ways, Definitely. you know? You know, but, you know, that's why, like you said, 2016 is kind of a breakout with Casey kind of coming into the fold with Nora and, uh, you know, Carmen, number three, will be the first exclusive time through there. Are you expecting to kickstart that as well? Or? Yeah, that'll be kickstarted. Uh, and it's going to be an interesting time because... Issue two was done mostly digitally. Like most people like backed it at a digital level because shipping from here to America or to Canada or anywhere is expensive, you know? Uh, oh, that kills it, man. Every time I pledge for something, uh, what I actually do now is I get a hold of Travis himself or Josh and I'm like, okay, I'm going to bid on this, but I'm going to bid, uh, like no, like I'm just going to, you know, what you call just like a donate, you know what I mean? I don't actually will I won't bid on a level. Yeah. 
but I'll be like, look, I'm going to donate this amount for this level, and then I want to pick up the rewards when I'm in Motor City, <laughs> you know, because I'm there every May. So basically, I get to go every May and pick up all my Kickstarter packs, because you're right, the, the shipping can often be more than the book. Yeah, so... I didn't really want to release like a $20 issue, you know, like including like the shipping to get it over there. Um, so, but with issue three, um, because for the most part, issue one and two will be new for America. There's not like, there hasn't been like a huge sort of like thing for issue one and two so far. They'll probably get things like, you know, like bundle deals where you get like all three issues or whatever. And it will be, probably exclusive to the Kickstarter because I think that they're going to release them like quarterly or something along those lines. Whereas I think we're planning on doing that. There's like Australian only like reward tiers where it's like, Hey, like if you want like the physical book or whatever, like the bundles, um, you pledge this amount plus, X amount of shipping and they actually get shipped to me and then from me I will ship them to the Australian backers. Okay. Would there ever be the possibility of like separate printings? Like maybe doing printings in Oz and in the States? See, there, there's definitely like uh, talk about that on the table but at the same time printing in America or I guess like going through like the printing that SourcePoint goes through is so much cheaper than getting printed here. Oh, it's pricey there. Yeah, um, but it it all comes down to I'm leaving the bowl in the source points court with that. Like, uh, it's up to them. Well, that's why so. you hook up. Yeah, that's that's why you hook up with a publisher so they can worry about that kind of shit and you can just get on with making comics. Right? That's it. If they if they want it printed here or like you know X amount printed here, like I know the dudes to do it. Um, and you know, that, that's their call. If that's what they'd like to do, then sweet. But I'm going to be, you know, getting my own batch of book for cons here. So if it works that like the Kickstarter backers just get their stuff put in with my box, then, right on. you know, yeah, one that. big ship's a lot easier. That's, that's a good way to get around it, man. I totally hear you. That's why I, I I'll always wait. <laughs> and then I get to walk into Motor City Comic Con and, walk around to tables, people got beautiful big brown envelopes just waiting for me. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do as well. Like, any sort of, like, stock of source points that I don't have already, um, I'm going to buy it around that time be like, look, can you just put it in the box as well? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> if Nora's out by that point, can you put Nora in there? You know, like... Yeah, pull, of like, course. Yeah, you got to get a care package from home. <laughs> yeah, so... And then I'll just get this big box of stuff and... I'll see that issue three's in there, and I'll be like, okay, cool. But I want the source point stuff that's on top. <laughs> but yeah, very nice, very nice. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, up the river that came out this year. What a fucking great book. Yeah. Fantastic fucking book, man. That was that was fun to help push that thing along, you know. But uh, you know, it's it'll be a good. You'll have to come back when the Kickstarter is up and running, though, because this show's got an incredible streak when it comes to Kickstarters. I think of of like the many that I've done, I've only had two that haven't been successful in the history of this show. So I'm going to consider that a rabbit's foot for the indie comic book creating community. You know, definitely, and that's it. I mean. <laughs> I won't let you down. I'll make sure that it's successful. We can't, we can't do that. Keep the streak alive, yeah. man. I don't need you Australians bringing my shit down. Yeah, nah. If anything, we bring it up, you know. <laughs> issue. What's the, what's the, sorry, go ahead. I was going to just say, you know, issue three won't be number three of the fails, so just, it won't happen. <laughs> Three is a magic number, man. It can't go down like that. What is the big con in Australia? Is there like Sydney Comic Con or Um There's I guess it's uh up until this year, because one like completely like failed and dwindled and just like died. Um but like the big <laughs> ones are we have Oz Comic Con. That that hits up like places like uh uh Brisbane Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and Perth. And that's probably the biggest one. And then we have Supernova. And up until last year, we had 
another one called Armageddon. Um, but something happened to that. I don't know, like licensing like problems or something. And so like they pretty much like rebranded it and did a Melbourne only one for this year. And right, right. it was just full of like tumbleweeds. There was no one there. Like it was Aww. dead. So, um, and outside of that, like we just, so yeah, pretty much. I don't know what they got planned for like <laughs> 2016, but at the moment we got two main cons and that's it. Australia, the last place on earth too cool for comic books. Pretty much. <laughs> um, we do have like little events and like little conventions, like uh, like they do ones called like home cooked like comics, and it's literally held in like a town hall here in Melbourne, and. It comes down to the exception of you have to be an independent, like, artist or writer or anything like that. Like, you can't go and, like, sell Marvel or DC. Like, you have to be, like, I guess, like, small press. That's Uh, cool, though, yeah. Yes. It's good to have those around, yeah, yeah. And then... Sometimes you got to keep it indie. Do Australians call it Oz? Uh, not really. (laughs) No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Well, you guys have the same stereotype we do. Like Canadians don't drink Labatt's. Yeah. Can you, you know, I know Australians don't drink Fosters. Or like no. that's not everybody doesn't have a fa. Yeah. Same thing here. We don't drink Labatt's. Like yeah, we drink Molson. It's a lot of good Molson, but you know, you, drinking the Labatt's Blue, eh? That's that's oh, man. You, man. You won't see Fosters in most like even bottle shops. Like you won't see it at a bar. You won't see it in a nightclub. You won't see it in a person's fridge. Um, <laughs> Foster's is terrible. Um, <laughs> it tastes like water. Uh, so, yeah, Foster's is an Australian. I don't even think it's owned by Australia anymore. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, an American <laughs> company owns Foster's. So Totally. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think Coors bought out Molson even. So, it's a giant corporate world. Where can uh, is there a place right now that people can read issues zero or one and two? Uh, well, actually, as of well, I don't know about the time difference, but I knew that as of one a.m. today, uh, so Christmas Eve for us, like right now, it is eight p eight ten past eight p.m. on Christmas Eve. As of one a.m. this morning, uh, issue one was on Comicsology. And I'm so oh, that's right! Excited. I saw that early. I'm so pumped, the... dude. That's amazing. That now we can get the word out there. That's right, because I did. I saw that. We've been trying. We started a couple weeks ago trying to get this pod together, and obviously with the time zone madness, it's not that easy. But uh, we got hooked up here, and I thought it was really cool we were going to talk today because I saw that online. I was like, oh, he's getting on Comicology today, so. Uh, obviously you kids who are hearing this, this is either going to be, this is probably the first show of the new year. Um, so either next week or shortly into the week, bef- uh, early in the week after that, uh, in the new year, you kids out there are listening to this at that time at right now, which is for you this time right now, but for me is the time earlier, but either way, uh, for Mike, it's even a whole other situation because he's on Christmas Eve already. Jesus Christ. Um, he's not only in the future, but he's in a whole other season, kids. But uh, yeah, Comicsology. You can go read Carmen. Fan fucking tastic. Uh, yeah, and it's also on Drive Through Comics. Like issue one and two are available on Drive Through Comics. Um, so yeah, pretty stoked on that as well. Oh, dude, congratulations, man! It's uh, the ball looks like it's rolling for you. It looks like you put a couple years of hard work in, and uh, 2016 sounds like it's going to be. A year of fruition, dude. Yeah, thank you. One can only hope that that's what happens. So, yeah. Um, you know, we'll we'll keep we'll keep appraised, man. Uh, you know, you're welcome to come back anytime and let us know how things are rolling with that. Uh, to finalize and close us out, do you have anything you want to shout out there, or links, or places, or anything like that? You know what? Like, I guess like to just give the love back to like the love that's being given to me. You know. Everyone should firstly subscribe to this podcast if they're not already. Um, oh, <laughs> oh shout out. shucks. Thanks, man. No worries. <laughs> uh, and just a big shout out to SourcePoint. Get on the stuff. Like, buy all of it. 
Uh, as I said earlier, 2016 is going to be massive for them. So uh, be on the lookout for like Monstrous, be on the lookout for Nora, and maybe be on the lookout for Carmen, but don't like put that too high up on your list. Nora is going to be better. But yeah, well, so that's check out Carmen now on Comixology. Or you can do that. What better way to you know spend the new year? Yeah, uh, you mentioned Monstrous there. I'm really looking forward to that because uh, big fan of Greg Wright. I love Wild Bullets. That was fucking fantastic shit. So, you know, that's going to be fun, fun, fun. Definitely. Oh, and read Hank Steiner. Um, Hank Steiner, I read it last night on Comixology. It was amazing. So read Hank Steiner. good shit, yeah, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Jack of Spades. Kids, just go to SourcePointPress.com. And it's all there. Also, if you do, in fact, go to anelegantweapon.ca and go to the little search bar and type in Source Point Press, every episode uh, that has featured either a rightist, uh, rightist, I just invented a new position, a rightist, a writer or an artist that has been involved with Source Point, uh, their shows will come up because all those kids have been on here, Josh, Travis, uh, uh, I think I've had Trico on. Yeah, Trico was on a, a convention episode. But uh, uh, Casey, of course, actually recently enough in Grand Rapids, we did an entire episode with uh, Casey. So that was super fun. But yes, SourcePointPress.com. Go check it out. Mike Speakman, thank you so much for hanging out, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Jason. Kids, that's Carmen on Comixology. Check it out, SourcePointPress.com. That is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Take it easy.